Welcome to the Name Unavailable Podcast, where if she don't know who love orange soda, she too young for you. We're going to have one of those adult conversations today. We're going to talk about um, success envy. Now, what exactly do you mean by success envy, if you want to explain to the others that might be listening? Well, success envy is someone who is extremely envious of someone who is someone else who is very successful, in my opinion. Okay. Um, the idea came about, actually, when you and I were having the conversation about Critical Role. And Matt Mercer. And if anyone doesn't know, Critical Role is it's a like an online D and D campaign. They they play on Twitch and they also upload everything to YouTube. It's a group of voice actors um, who have known each other and been playing for years. Yep. And it's just it's a weekly they do a weekly live show. They do they actually go places and they actually like at conventions will do like live like D and D campaigns like at Yep. You know, conventions, they, you know, they'll go to like DICONs or, you know, pretty much any kind of, you know, nerd convention. And like that, the voice actors, the different voice actors will, you know, hang out, they'll meet fans, you know. They all seem like a pretty good bunch of people. Yeah. But really what sparked the idea for talking about what we are in today's podcast was. What is known online as the Matt Mercer effect. And Matt Mercer is the DM or the dungeon master. He basically runs the campaign for Critical Role. And yes, before anybody says it or thinks that I'm a giant D&D nerd, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Anyway, um, so the Matt Mercer effect is can be summarized shortly in new players to Dungeons & Dragons having too high of expectations of the dungeon master because of the way Matt Mercer runs his games. Now, I don't know how many people watch the channel that also listen to this. I would assume not very many, but Matt is very animated whenever he runs his games. He really brings the immersion up to a different level with how he explains what's happening in the world and also how he explains what the player's characters are doing in any given scenario. Even looking out a window, Matt will put a certain level of detail to Mm -hmm. what they see. It can really kind of be attributed and not even I like this author, but it can really be not attributed to, but equated to, Kind of how, yeah, compared to, kind of how Tolkien wrote his books. Extremely detailed, almost too detailed. But DMs that are now trying to, I'm not going to say replicate, but I guess live up to, to a certain degree for the the players. yeah. Yeah. Don't want to. They just say, well, don't set your expectations that high because I'm not a voice actor and I don't have oodles of money in which to spend on D&D. Which, that's fair. But I also believe that 
those same people are really just envious of the fact that Matt has been playing for 20 some odd years and knows what he's doing, not only in a professional sense by acting, but he's made a career out of playing D&D. And I think a lot of home DMs have a problem with that. Not me necessarily. I, it actually motivated me to become a better DM myself. But that's what got me thinking about this whole success envy thing. Like, why does it happen or how does it happen, I guess? Well, I would think, you know, I mean, I would kind of also look at it. There's almost like two different kinds of envy when it comes to those who are successful. Um, you know, the way I was kind of originally when you brought this whole subject up was like envy for like actors, movie stars, musicians, the high life glamour. Right. You know, all that, you know, kit caboodle. Yeah. And also, you know, you have envy for like, you know, like your YouTube stars, your online personalities, whether it be, you know, moist critical, right. you know, on Twitch or PewDiePie on YouTube. Right. Um, Jacksepticeye, some of these, you know, really big name YouTubers that have made their, you know, they make their living just doing stupid crap online. Right. It's almost like there's two different kinds of envy. Oh, well, I'm sure there, it, envy is a very multifaceted Ordeal. It just kind of depends on who you're talking to and who they are looking up toward, I suppose. And I don't know. It's you gotta. I kind of look at it like this. It's like yes, I think a lot of people. Part of the reason they're envious has to do with. I mean, people want money. Mm-hmm. People want to be recognized. I mean, humans are kind of narcissistic as it is. Yeah. You know, at least it certainly seems that way with a lot of people. People want to be walking down the street and, you know, be recognized and asked for a picture, you know, because it makes them feel good. Yeah. You know, they want to have money. They want to be able to go wherever they want to go. You know, all that crap. Yeah. So have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation where you felt envious of someone who had been more successful to you that was kind of following the same track? Um... In recent time, I can't really in my life ever remember being envious of actors. Right. I've never been a big movie guy, never been a, you know, not a movie buff or anything like that. I could care less because personally, I think, you know, being a famous movie star and constantly being fought around by paparazzi would be really annoying. And I would probably end up punching someone and getting arrested. I'll agree with that. Uh, I guess the closest thing would probably be musicians because you know when I was you know 15 16 years old I wanted to play in a rock or metal band and tour the world you know kind of like a lot of people did but even then it wasn't envious to the point of where it was you know toxic yeah you know because some people get so envious where they get almost hateful oh yeah because they get they literally get just pissed off because these people are living a life they want Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways you know there's a lot of things you could do if you work hard and dedicate yourself, you can reach a certain level of success. Almost anyone can. Yeah. Almost. You know, it depends. It's harder for some people. Yeah. I mean, some people have opportunities and others don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know, some people have, you know, more connections. But most people can at least find some manner of success in, you know, whatever they want to do. At least that's kind of how it seems to me. I mean, other people might disagree. Yeah. I think a lot of people just, you know, depends on how much work you're willing to put in. Well, and I'm sure you've noticed this like I have that 
whenever certain people get envious of, I don't know, let's say you're a small time streamer and then you're looking up to a big time streamer and you're super envious and you start hate talking on one of the big streamers, how they have all this, this, that, and the other, but you're not doing enough work to try and get to the place where they went to. And the thing is, a lot of these big streamers don't know what they did to mm-hmm. get their popularity. They're doing the same thing as 150 other people. They, they just happen to be doing it in such a way that, that people somebody love liked. it. Yeah. There's a lot of them that like I, people will ask them, you know, what can I do to build my audience and stuff like that? And, you know, most of the advice they give is be personable. Yeah. Be friendly and be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really know what exactly they did to end up with 50 billion subscribers on YouTube. Right. And see, that's what I find a lot of times is that whenever someone at the bottom is looking at someone at the top, the general idea tends to be, well, they just got all this shit handed to them. And I feel like that's a lot of the times not the case. Yeah, it's really not. I think you might see that more in Hollywood. Eh, probably, um, you know, where money, money, t- money does talk. There's no doubt about it. If you come from a family with a lot of money, you might find you're definitely going to find certain things easier than others. Yeah, you can't stop that. That's just life, right? And I think for a lot of these, you know, people that will see want to blame, you know, the bigger names, and like, oh, well, they just got everything handed to them. Mm-hmm. They seem to do it without really having much reason outside of, like you said, like almost like a toxic envy. They get mad because they're not at the level they want to be, whether that be just because, you know, maybe they're not entertaining enough. Maybe they're not consistent enough. Maybe they just haven't got that break. Sometimes there's just a, you know, a break, whether it and it might be as simple as being featured on someone else's, you know, video or channel or something like that. Right. Well, that kind of goes into the whole illusory, illusory superiority complex that a lot of people have. Uh, explain. So it's a tendency to overestimate yourself relative to someone else. Thinking you're better than you are compared to someone else, I guess? Or Well, it's more like thinking that those people are average and you're above average. So why haven't you gotten to where you want to be yet? And it's probably not necessarily the case. Right. And that's why... A lot of people, I think that if you're working at something and you're not getting that break yet, at least you know you're working at it. So there's less jealousy there. But it's the people who aren't doing anything and are highly jealous of someone else that then are like, well, why aren't I getting this and why am I not getting that? It's because you're not doing anything. Something else I don't think a lot of people take into consideration is what's the cost of fame? Mm. Yeah. That's something people really need to keep in mind. Well, and that's something that I've thought about, too, with being famous would ever be actually worth it. It's like, yeah, sure, you may have money, but at what cost? Your life is an open book at that point. Right. Everyone pretty much knows everything about you, unless you're Daft Punk, and that's a whole different thing. I want to miss him. <laughs> yeah, same here. Rip Daft Punk. <laughs> your life's open, and it's not just your life. It's your family, your you know, your wife or husband, your children. Yeah. Even extended family, your mom and dad. Yeah. It's all completely open. 
people are going to track stuff down. People are going to find out. You know, people are people are weird. People, especially like people, get stalky weird and quickly. Well, hell, Moist Critical wrote a song about it. Oh, did he? Yeah, I, I don't think I've listened to that one. Yeah, it was all about a stalker who ended up killing the stalky and like laying in her bed while he, she was dead. It was a he wrote. I think he wrote the song with a writing partner, and then he shot the video. And his girlfriend was the person he was stalking in the video. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. I mean, it was a decent song and a real, a well shot video, but that's kind of like the reality of stalking whenever you get to be that famous. Cause I think the song was actually about Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. Es- yeah. Essentially the way her stalker was treating her at one point. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Pokemon, but, uh, yeah. And fun fact, she actually did. I actually watched a video from her. Um, she is, I'm, her nationality is from the Middle East somewhere, I believe. Okay. And her, her name looks like Iman, but it's actually Iman. So, is it Iman? So it was supposed to be Pokemon, but it became Pokemon because we're Americans and we don't know how, we didn't know how it was pronounced. Interesting. I, I just thought that was funny. Huh. But yeah, I don't know much as far as that goes, but that's, yeah, I mean, and it's not like that's something like that. It's like the first time something like that has happened. It oh, no. happens a lot. It's been happening for a long time. For a long time, for many, many, many years. And it's kind of terrifying. It's like, would it really be worth it? Well, I mean, there is a reason that we've never said where we're from. Directly. Directly. Or where we are now directly. Yeah. And why we both had reservations about even saying our real names. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about it, but... I am, but I also have a child. Yeah, it's a little different for you. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of iffy on using my name, but we ended up doing it anyway, so here we are now. But if you ever hear my voice on YouTube... You didn't hear my voice on YouTube. That's some other guy that sounds like me. Just saying. And it's not just privacy. It's almost like your freedom. You can't... You could go anywhere. You can go anywhere. But, but you can't go anywhere. Well, I was I was just watching a video of Donald Glover talking about uh, how weird it is to be a rapper. Because he was he was talking about how like he got off of a music video shoot where you got these girls' butts in your faces and whatever else. And you're acting like a fucking gangster. And then you got to go to Whole Foods <laughs> to get a pint of ice cream. And then the cashier's like, are you? And he's like, yeah. Can I just have this ice cream? They're really like, yeah, but can I get a picture and you be that rapper dude right now? Like, that that's the shit you got to deal with when you're famous. Like, yeah. you can't be the person that just walks into a grocery store for some food. Like, you have to give that persona. Yeah, you got to either give the persona or hide everything. Yeah, or you just do, like, somebody be like, I see it a lot with, like, you know, hard rock and metal. Well, I'd say even more metal than hard rock because a lot of a lot of rock and roll is personas and I'm a badass. But then you have people like, you know, the guys from Trivium, which mm-hmm. I've met them at concerts, you know, and they're just kind of like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's up, guys? <laughs> you played any good video games lately? <laughs> you know, so it's just, you know, it's a little it's different depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking about how Envy is can become motivation. Is it a healthy motivation? If you change your mindset around it, it just, I think it just depends on how you're thinking about it. If you're just like, if you're over, um, 
I can't think of the right word, but if you're obsessed with, I have to be better than this person, no matter what, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily healthy. But if you're like, I want to strive to be better like said person. Yeah. You know, so if I ever see them in the future, I can be like, you were my inspiration for pushing past my limits. Mm -hmm. You know, you get, you have to break your limits. You have to ascend past what. Yeah, and you can do. I think that's a little bit different. That sounded very Dragon Ball Z ish, but anyways. Well, that's that's kind of the what I was thinking about it as well because I was thinking that whatever your goal is, the motivation behind it, if it comes from envy, if you, it depends on if you change your mindset. Because if your goal becomes, I want to be as successful as this person and tell them that they were my motivation. That's good. Yeah. But if you follow the other fork in the road and say, I want to be as successful as this person that way, when I get above them, I can go, ha ha, fuck you. That's when it's toxic. Yeah. You know, there's like, it's like toxic envy versus just envious motivation. I don't really know if that's a thing. Well, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I think about it in my mind. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I do as well. And I'm trying to think of a better term for it than envious motivation. I guess it's just strive to be better at that point, because then you've changed your mindset into being better instead of being the toxic thing that you are. Currently. Yeah. It's, you know, being better versus I just have to make sure I'm better than you. Yeah. You want to be better as a person yourself, not just what the shit on someone's parade. Right. Something else, you know, that I wanted to touch on is, you know, you have the cost of your privacy, of your freedom. And like I said, I don't mean freedom as you can't go anywhere. I mean freedom that you're always going to be bugged no matter where you go. If if you're like hyper famous, I guess you right, could say. Right. But something else is I I kind of, you know, thought of it as like cost of your own mind because if you hit a certain level of popularity, of fame, mm-hmm. people expect you to be as very certain way. So you're almost equating it to losing your freedom of speech. Yes, because if someone was to crack a joke, it might be a little bit distasteful. But you know what? Some of us have a shitty sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And they might not mean anything by it. And, and all of a sudden, they have three million people, there are three million keyboard warriors on Twitter like, You can't say that! Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. piss off. Right. And that, that or is even very... if they have an opinion that someone might not like. Yeah. Like a certain group of people like, uh, let's see, like eating meat, for instance. OK. You know, it's oh, well, you know, let's say I'm super famous person, got four million followers on Twitter. It's like, oh, well, look at this nice A5 Japanese Wagyu I had the other day that I paid $500 for. And then all of a sudden you have the fucking vegan fleet. It's just like, caca, be bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's silly. It's like it's... Well, even that, even with that too, then you've got the other, another little group of keyboard warriors who are in there going, why are you flexing on everybody by showing off an A5 Wagyu that you had? I don't know. I really want some, though. Yeah, I would love to try that. I would also like to try some really nice bluefin tuna. Ooh, yeah. That Anyways, that's <laughs> that's a little off topic. That's okay. I don't know. And I don't know if I explained that very well, but it's just like you almost lose your ability to to speak your mind because... Everyone is going to overanalyze every little thing you say and get pissed off if they think they can. Well, it comes down to 
everybody's done it in some way, shape, or form when they've been texting someone else. Yeah. They have typed it out, went, no, they're not going to like that, and then retyped it once and then sent it. When you're that famous and have that much of a following, I don't even want to know how many times they're hitting the backspace button before they send out a three-word tweet. If you're Donald Trump, none. That's true. That's true. And it's kind of fucking sad. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love the fact that they banned it from Twitter. Well, I, I'm not saying it was bad that they banned it from Twitter. <laughs> it's just hire a better media team, dude. <laughs> he was his own media team. Yeah, and that was the fucking problem. <laughs> Anyways, this next one, I feel like you might have more insights on this than me. Well, in a way, I guess, only because... I have had a lot of mental health issues in the past. Um, But we see a lot of mental health issues when it comes to those who are famous or celebrities, whether it is musicians or online personalities. It's very, very common. Yeah. Well, you got to figure you're to a certain point trying to please everyone as a career. Right. And we all know that you can't please everybody. And that's kind of the problem when it comes to mental health, when you're a performer for a living, is that you know that there's going to be a certain number of people in any audience that no matter what you do, you can't please. But you still have to try knowing that someone's not going to like it. And even if you you know, if you have that group of people you know that are constantly mad at you for things that you do or say, and then you shift to please them, then you're pissing off other people. Right. Because like, well, why would you change, you know, X, Y, or Z just for, you know, a, a group of people over here? It's just – it's a lose-lose situation in a lot of, a lot of ways. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine being that famous – and then having to deal with the fallout of whenever your mental health goes so far downhill that you can't function anymore. I mean, then that's when we, I think we start ending up with situations like Chester Bennington. Oh, yeah. Where a week before he was smiling like nothing was wrong and then all of a sudden he was dead. Well, and, you know, that that really speaks to the problem that America doesn't acknowledge mental health enough. And we're getting better yeah. But it's still it's so stigmatized that oh well, tough it up. You know, if someone's making you mad, turn off the computer. It's like it's not that easy. I mean, how long ago was it that they were putting people in asylums for fuck ADHD probably? You know, and then you know everyone knows a good ice pick lobotomy does you some good. Yeah. And that's that's a big cost for a lot of big creators, I would assume is that they cannot they can't stop doing what they're doing, but there are times where doing what they do for money is killing them. It's literally driving them to a breaking point where, you know, you don't want to be crying, sitting on your bed crying at night because you're so worried about something going on or, you know, how many views you're going to have on your next video because maybe you weren't quite as funny. I guess that's more anxiety, but that still fits in the. Well, it still fits into the mental health category. Because anxiety goes right along with depression most yeah. of the time. Yeah, usually if you have one, you usually have both. Yeah. You know, at least a lot of people I know who struggle with one struggle with both. Right. Anyways, as far as mental health goes, we'll probably do a cast 
on our on a, a whole separate cast for that because there's so much that can be said there. Yeah. Whether you know it's different mental health issues, the state of mental health in the world in different countries, uh, why it's widely ignored in the U.S. Yeah, I, you know I will. It'll probably mostly be discussing in the U.S. because that's where we're from. Yeah, if you couldn't tell by the accent. I mean, we can probably talk a little bit on the UK side of things because I've done certain research on certain topics of how the UK handles things that we don't handle the right way. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of information we could read. Yeah. You know, but that will be something that we'll touch more on in the future, which I think could be interesting to talk about. So why don't we go ahead and flip this over to the other side of the coin, which would be trying to change your mindset from being envious to being productive to reach said goal. Cause we all, we all have goals. I mean, if you don't have goals, there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not immune to envy. Like anybody else is probably immune to envy. I'm envious of certain things of certain happenings that people have. And I've just decided that, Instead of looking at it and bitching that I don't have it, I'm just going to do it. Like, for example, one of the big things for me, and it's small on the grand scheme, but when I first started playing MTG and the judges walking around the floor. Did the judges make you mad? Well, no, they didn't make me mad. I just wanted to do what they did. They're there to help you and do whatever And they're also there to help explain the rules to you of the game whenever you make a mistake. Okay. And when I first started playing MTG, a lot of the time whenever rules were explained to me inside of a tournament setting, it was, hey, stupid. That's not how that works. This is how that works. You can't do that. Now you just lost a game. I was envious of the people that were the positive influence in that community. Because as a whole, MTG tends to be a positive community. But you have the nerds that have too much power and got bullied their entire life, so they want to use it to try to bully someone else. Right. So instead of pining after the judging spots at tournaments and whatever else, I just went and did it. I found somebody to help me through the judge program, and now I'm at a point where I can run events at stores and help new players find the game in a very positive way. Unless it's me that he just beats me into the dirt. I look, I've thrown quite a few games for you. Okay. (laughs) I appreciate it. Dickhead. (laughs) But when it comes to like brand fresh new players, I really enjoy when they find the game more positively than I did, because when I first started, I, I didn't find it very positively. Well, no, because if you have, you know, someone who's just completely beating your face into the dirt and just laughing, it's like, that's no fun. Mm-mm. No one wants to play a game that's like that. No. And that doesn't create a positive environment for, you know, young kids who want to play a game. Exactly. Because, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, is how, in order for you to get to where you want to go with whatever goal you're after, you have to change the mindset in which you're attacking it at that point in time. Yeah. Attack, attack it from multiple angles too, if you can. Yeah. Cause that was a big thing with us doing this podcast too, because 
you and I sat around and bitched like, oh, we should do a podcast, half joking for a while. And it's like, yeah, why don't we go do a podcast? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And we're both listening to podcasts all the fucking time. And I'm not saying that we were envious, but... It was something that we wanted to do, but we weren't doing it. So yeah. what we do? We went and did it, boys. Yeah. It was. We just got in there, got a mic, hooked it up to a computer, and just went for it. Were the first couple casts that we did good? Fuck no. But at least now we can say we're actually doing something instead of nothing at all. Now we just, like you said, we have to start marketing and try to get the podcast out there a little bit more. Right, right. Anyways... For me, I don't know if I would, this wouldn't really be kind of as like an envy thing, more as like a aspiration, I guess. You know, like Alex said, he wanted to do like what the judges did, and he went and did it. Me, I'm wanting to work more towards a spot in my life where I can, like, one of my biggest dreams is I want to travel. Uh, I don't know if I want to like travel like full time where I'm, you know, traveling all the time and like that's what I do, but I want to see more of the world. I want to see things outside of the United States. Yeah. I'm learning Chinese. I would love to eventually go to China sometime. I'd like to visit Southeast Asia, Japan, you know, like the Far East, Korea, Vietnam, like pretty much like the Asian Asia in general, or even, you know, different parts of Europe, you know, Germany, the Netherlands, Sweden, Norway. And, you know, it's not a lot of those places. It's not even super incredibly expensive to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, I could probably get a flight in a hotel for 20 five hundred dollars which isn't really that bad yeah but i have to get to the place where i have the money to do that so that's kind of what i want to do i'm working on getting some alongside like my my nine to five job as a qa engineer i'm working on you know get my skills up with like my web development stuff and maybe start to do some freelance web stuff on the side just for you know some you know a side hustle if you will right so that's kind of what i'm doing it's like i'm trying not to be envious but using a lot of these other travel vloggers, you know, Jason Rupp, uh, you know, Mikey Chin's another one. I know we mentioned him in a previous podcast. Uh, Bald and Bankrupt's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is there? There's a couple other really good ones. Or there's also a guy who goes by Retired Working For You, which he travels to all kinds of places. I think he does a lot in Thailand. He's a, he's a retired guy, and basically what he does is he takes, you know, like X amount in U.S., and will, like, transfer it over to, you know, Thai. I think it's bot is what they use for money. Yeah, I think so. And the exchange rate's really good from USD to bot. So he'll take, like, you know, $10,000 to go live in Thailand for a few months. Yeah. You know, because Thailand's actually, from what I understand, Thailand's pretty cheap to live in. But, yeah, that's kind of my dream, if you will, is I eventually want to, you know, j- just see other places. So I guess the overarching point of this is, and what one thing you could really do in order to get where you want to go is just changing your mindset on how you're going to get there. Instead of sitting around on the couch bitching about how you want to do the thing. Get out there and do that thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really... That's really all there is to it. Create some sort of a plan. Create small goals. Yeah. What you... When you get debt paid off, take a small trip or something, you know? That's what I want to do when I get, like, my motorcycle and credit cards paid off or something. I maybe go to Europe for a week. I don't know. Right. But you think we're about wrapped up here for today, man? Yeah, I think so. Well, I would like to remind everybody that you can find us on Facebook at Name Unavailable Podcast and whatever streaming platform you prefer. Um, but for now, 
My name's Alex. I'm Jesse. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.